My brothers and sisters in Christ, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Joe Noel. Bon Natale. Was in Deutsch? Was it? Felika. Weihnachten. Yeah. We're supposed to clap very rhythmically now. <laughs> Happy Christmas, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This night is our identity. This night, all of time is reset. This night is when light was shown upon eyes that had longed for that without even knowing that they longed for it, but they knew it when they saw it. My brothers and sisters, when Christ was born, everything changed. I was and doing a Youth 2000 in Texas. And uh, Youth 2000 is a, is a retreat, youth retreat, and we usually do them in the gyms of the, of the, of the parishes. And uh, on this Sunday, this parish had all these uh, classes, these Sunday school classes, all these young kids were there. And, and I, right before Mass, I was, I was vested for Mass. We usually do it with the young people. And I, and I, and I went outside real quick, and I, and I came across the little kindergarten Sunday school class. And then when I came out, all, all the little kids just went, <gasps> they froze and they saw me, and then one of them said, oh, it's a Jesus. <laughs> My brothers and sisters in Christ, this night is our identity. This night is when all of time reset. This night is when light was shown upon eyes that longed to see it. And yes, we must become Jesus incarnate again here tonight. That means you. I want you all to do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are meant to become Jesus. Jesus. So let's get to work. You can tell them that. See, this is the summary of all of Revelation. And this is the scandal of the Incarnation. Because when you think about it, there is no other religion. I don't mean to, I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but I'm just saying. There is no other religion that dares to say what we say. Sure, there's all these other myths and legends and oh, when Zeus became a man and you know, uh, you know, these other gods, they took this form, but they can, no other religion says that God truly took on the human nature. And not just that. The scandal of Bethlehem is that he would come so humbly. And I thank you for your presence here 
Because maybe for some of you, it was a trip to get to 156 this evening. Maybe for some of you, you still got, you still got, got dishes on the stove and you're, you're wondering how long is that priest going to preach because we need to get back. Because we got family waiting for us. We'll be right back. Christmas Eve, Noche Buena. We got a party waiting for us. And if you're like many families, you've been cooking all day, preparing all the, the last things, rushing out to get the gift. Uh, the, 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 somebody's sick, you got to go to the hospital. Somebody is in the family is, is fighting. You know, uh, uh, you know, somebody's depressed. Somebody, you know, uh, you know, can't, doesn't have any money to pay for the gifts. And you find out about it. There's a lot going on. Amen. Amen. And everyone came here with a different type of struggle. But you see, that's the beauty of Bethlehem. Because God touches our suffering just in the very way that he came. It was a brutal day that first Christmas day as well. The drops of sweat from St. Joseph's brow fed the weary earth that groaned for its Redeemer. It was one of those days when time dragged on and on. I have never been, nor will I ever be, pregnant. <laughs> there, there, there are people in the room who have. Thank you. I cannot imagine going uphill on a donkey right about to give, as they say in the Bronx, birth. <laughs> I cannot imagine what St. Joseph felt when after every single door he knocked on, he was rejected. I mean, like, a lot of us have rejection issues, but this is like a whole other level. I mean, like, he had the immaculate conception and the divine word that he had to take care of, that's a whole other level of stress. <laughs> and he continued on. I just was meditating on Joseph's heart today and thinking about how he might have been tempted to feel like a failure when he saw the manger there, and that was all he could do. But then I thought, no, Joseph wouldn't give in, would not have given in to that temptation. But my brothers and sisters, a lot of us do. A lot of us have come here feeling like there's something missing, feeling like, like the world isn't right, feeling like, like there's, there's more in us that we have yet to do. On this night, God changed everything. And I want to invite all of you to come in to a greater realization of what that light means. Because the light can be shining, but you can have the curtains drawn. My brothers and sisters, tonight is the night when you open wide the doors to His grace. Sometimes we're afraid. We don't know what the light's going to do. We don't know what the light is going to show. 
Do not be afraid, as the angel said to the shepherds, because this message is a message of great joy. We are like those shepherds that have been called from out in the cold. Shepherds, I mean, they weren't too high on the, uh, on the, on the level of society. Uh, and they were the first ones to be called to adore. And they went, they followed. See, that is a trait of those who stay close to the earth, is that they believe. They believe. We have the Bambino Jesu here. And for us who are older, we know that some artists crafted this beautiful, beautiful image of our Lord. But for eyes of faith, we see something more. We see something greater. We know that God was a baby. St. Francis, in some of the accounts of his life of when he first put together Christmas Crush in Gubbio, some they say that, that, he, that he went to the, to the manger and he scooped up a baby and he began to dance for joy. And some of the brothers say that they even saw the baby move. Well, yes. Yes, because Francis believed and he knew. On this night, this happy night, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Their eyes could not handle all at once because when the light shines so brightly, there's only so much you can take in. Thankful they were for the light, but thankful they also should have been for the darkness. But without the darkness, we cannot recognize the light. When you think about it, the beauty of the light can only be understood by knowing the darkness. And many of us are carrying darknesses. My brothers and sisters, it's time that we see no, so, not so much the burdens that we carry, but the blessings that surround us because the blessings greatly outnumber any of the burdens. The darkness does give us an occasion to recognize the beauty of the light. It frees us from our caves in whose shadows we have found a faint ephemeral safety that is so brittle and vanishes like smoke before the wind. But it's our safety that we've crafted those shadows that we hide in. But this day is our identity. This day time is reset. This day light has shone on the earth and all creation gives us signs. We have an evergreen tree because it does not fade though the temperature get cold. We have chrysanthemums, which is a tropical bush that all year round is green except for the first couple of days. Right before Christmas, it turns bright red, as you see. That's why we have chrysanthemums all the time for Christmas. Poinsettias. Chrysanthemums is something else. Yeah, same difference. 
Thank you. <laughs> People indeed are carrying darknesses. So here with us, there are many people that we are praying for that we carry here to this Mass. I want to remember a, um, a family in Patterson that came over to our friary this week, and they come every year. It's a joyful time with music and toys and food. So grateful to all the many people. We, we had a beautiful meal cooked by by a chef who took the day off and he just wanted to cook for the poor in Patterson. And this family, they, for first thing, they, they just showed me a baby. Beautiful, beautiful baby boy. And, and she says, she looks at me and she says, okay, Father, remember last year I asked you to pray? He wasn't even two pounds last year. And look at him now. He was smiling at me. I said, the Lord answers prayers. And she said, oh yes, he does. Here with us as well, because I am bringing him here, is an 11-year-old that I met at a drug rehab center in Central America. A street kid thrown out by his family who could not afford to have him. And we were talking and he said, they say Jesus might be coming soon. And I said, well, we're in Advent and we're preparing for that. And I said, we got to be ready. And he says, I'm ready to see him, an 11-year-old boy. And I said, oh, he's going to ask us for an account of our lives. And he, after he told me that he grew up eating from the trash, said to me, I'm going to ask an account from him. And indeed, he will and he might. But I bring him here because I know that his darkness cannot overcome the light that is shown. And the answers that he longs for, the account, is shown right here in this baby born in a humble setting. Time is reset. And in a way, if I may, speak directly to my brothers. In a way, time has been reset for us. It's not like what has happened before is gone. But there's a new beginning happening right now. All the intricacies of what it means to receive a status or recognition uh, that our charism is indeed recognized by the church. I'm grateful for all the blood, sweat, and tears that went in to getting us here. This might be a stretch, but in some way it's like the time of the prophets who prophesied so many things. And I don't want to equivocate having pontifical status with Jesus coming in. But I do think that now the Holy Spirit will accomplish many things, will ask us of many things. We must be those who lead the people from the darkness into the light.
Let us not be afraid. My brothers, we have already laid our lives down. Many of us right here on this wood, others, other places, our lives have been given over like the wick of a candle. They are meant to be consumed so that our lives given as an offering may bring light to this world. Time, I mean, I don't know if time has been reset, but time is definitely here, and time, time is abundant. It's an opportunity. It's, it's our time to lay our lives down again. These days, I hope it's not irreverent to say, these days are days that I think many saints would long to live in. These days, I think heaven looks down and Francis Xavier and St. Paul are saying, would that I could do it again. What I wouldn't do with emails, St. Paul says. <laughs> Francis Xavier, Facebook does what? <laughs> no. The message of Christ is the light, and the times may seem dark, but that's just so the light will shine brighter. My brothers, we few, we happy few. Let us lay our lives down again this night, which is our identity. This night when time is reset. This night when light is shown upon the earth. Let us be that light here and now. Amen.